This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Gil Castillo, Jr., Director of Retirement Plans with Platinum Wealth Solutions of Texas. Gil helps companies with their 401k plans so their employees can retire with dignity. Gil, welcome back to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. Glad to have you back. We're also going to talk with Houston O'Connor, an expert in solar design and the director of sales with Solar Edge Pros. Houston, first time guest. Welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. In studio with us today, as always, Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners such as myself. She's my coach as well. To gain clarity in our business and achieve our goals. Heather, welcome back. Always glad to be here. You bet. See, I left the to the show part out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like waiting for it. Yeah, you were. <laughs> And I'm your host, Mark Evinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring ro- remote workers from outside the United States. That's how I built my entire company. It's a really cool process, and I'm excited to share that with other business owners. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you're a business owner in the San Antonio and surrounding area and would like to have your company featured on the show, Visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. We're actually going to be expanding into um, anywhere in the United States where I can be inviting to. And this fancy whiteboard thing we got going on here is where I'm going to be testing that out. When I get back from vacation, going to Lake Tahoe. You guys been to Lake Tahoe, anybody here? Years ago, yeah. <coughs> cool. not. This is the time of the year to go to... Um, I don't know if the leaves change up there or not, but I imagine that they probably are starting to. Um, but I just miss the big trees. So yeah, no kidding. Well, our leaves are changing. They're just turning brown, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They're just dead. <laughs> Lack of water. That's, that's just uh, up until yesterday. We haven't had rain in how long? So I know. Yeah. I know. We got a little bit this morning. but I went was... walking this morning, and there was, like, lightning in the sky. I had no idea it was supposed to rain. I was like, oh. Yeah. It's, it's very humid, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, anyway, got to love San Antonio anyway, in spite of all the humidity that's here. All right, so what's interesting to me is, uh, so the 401k side of stuff, it's planning, it's strategy, it's all the things that, that folks don't necessarily, I don't, I didn't think about it. Like when I was, you know, uh, with the police department, uh, we didn't talk 401ks. Um, that wasn't a thing that, there was other stuff that we talked about. But I'm like, I'm 24, I don't care about none of this stuff. I'm going to be, I'm invincible, I'm going to live forever and never have any issues. It's that kind of mentality that's not good. Um, but I think it's cool what you do, and I also like that you're the 401k dude, right? I mean, yeah. you're pretty popular on social media. I know at least on LinkedIn, uh, which is where I follow you at. Um, but when it comes to choosing a 401k service provider, and this is really for everybody, right? This yeah. is like our group discussion. Houston, I'd like to know your thoughts on it as well. Absolutely. But like, what are we looking for? What should we be looking for when we're going to choose a 401k provider? Well, I think even more important than that is really just choosing – who's going to help me with my 401k and why should I choose them, right? Because you want to go with someone who has access to the entire marketplace, right? So there, there are probably hundreds of providers out there, some great, some not so great. And, and it really takes an expert to kind of like dig through what's out there and then look at that business and their particular employee, employee demographics, kind of what they're looking for and their specific needs and to choose the right provider because some providers are great for large, large companies, and others are better for smaller companies, and and everywhere in between as well. So I think it's important that you that you find someone who actually specializes in in the four hundred one k or employer plan space, 
so that they can recommend the best solution for that particular provider. Because again, I, I use all of the major providers, but I don't use the same one for every company because every company has very specific needs. But how do we even know where to start that conversation? Well, that's why you call me. Uh, no, <laughs> how no. We really, how do we know to call you? I guess well, to, you know, to be honest with you, uh, it's it takes a little bit of research. Most business owners, I mean, they're they're busy dealing with their day to day operations. They have a business to run. Mm-hmm. Um, things like benefits or four hundred one k stuff is probably on the back burner for them. It's not something they're thinking about on a daily basis. Now, as kind of as we're looking at stuff in the in- employment environment today, it's important for business owners to make sure they have great benefits to not only attract quality talent but also keep you know their key employees because everybody's out there buying for your employees if you're a business owner right and so sometimes having great benefits can can be a great tool that a business owner can use to to take care of their employees and so um, it's my job that I work on a consulting basis with business owners to make sure that you know the programs they have are, are the best plans suited for their particular organization they're you know the, the, the most cost-effective programs um, and, and also allow their employees the ability to save for retirement and, and do so at a, at a very great cost. And I think an interesting part of this is a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners that I know, their retirement plan is their business. So that's how a, are you running into no, that? That's a great point because, I, you know, there are a number of them, you know, when I talk to business owners too, they're like, well, you know, we don't have a 401k. We don't have this because, you know, my my idea of retirement is I'm going to sell my business. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a great plan, but it doesn't always work the way that you want to. You don't know what's going to happen when you're wanting to retire. What, who's going to evaluate your business? How are you going to sell it? And there's a lot of complex, you know, things that go on with that. For sure, as a business owner, if you have a retirement plan in place, aside from using your business as, as a means for retirement, you can also put away money for yourself um, and provide some benefits to your employees where they can put money away for themselves for retirement. And all those things are tax-deductible benefits for, for the business owner, as well as providing a great benefit for those employees. What about you, Houston? I mean, is this something you've mm-hmm. even tackled yet? You know, um, obviously, the majority of my career has been as a W-2 employee. And so for the longest time, I just went with the 401k that my company had, right? Uh, when I got into the solar business, it was more of a 1099 role. And so I had to look at how do I continue to build my my personal savings? Uh, all that kind of happened right around COVID. So I pulled everything out, rolled it over into, into, into an IRA. But in terms of doing it for a business, uh, I've never really looked into it. But I mean, you, you bring up a great point that not only is it really a big selling point as a business owner to be able to offer that to your clients or to your, your employees, uh, but you're really protecting not only yourself as a business owner because you again you never know what's going to happen with your business down the road right you, you need to have some sort of a hedge and have that money aside too so there's someone on a 1099 <coughs> they is that it would they do a 401k they very well can i mean there's a number of, there's a number of employer plan you know programs for the small business owner depending on how much someone wants to put away and depending on what kind of tax benefits you're wanting to have um, a 401k sort of can be an option. I mean, um, I just did a, I just did a, a, what I call a solo 401k or a one man 401k for a lobbyist uh, here in Texas. You know, he it makes he's a lawyer by trade. He makes a considerable amount of money, and, and he was just he called me and said, "I'm just getting killed in taxes. Uh, what what do I what mm-hmm. can I do? One, I don't really have a retirement set aside, and but I'm I'm getting annihilated with taxes every year. 
I said, well, talk about, you know, why don't we, let's talk about your situation. And we kind of ran the numbers and, and based on his situ- situation, he was able to start a 401k for himself. You know, it was a one man deal. It, we, we left it open to where if he does hire employees in the future, he can always add them, mm-hmm. but he has the ability now to put money away uh, on a pre-tax basis. Um, and then if he starts making even more money, uh, based on his age, he can put away between the 401k and then an underlying kind of wrapper that you put on top of that, close to $300,000 a year pre-tax. I mean, and that's a that's a great tool where he's helping himself because he's putting money for retirement, but he's also creating a, a nice write-off for himself and, and lowering his overall taxable income every year. Well, I love that because there's, you know, in the in the business community, there has to be a little bit of healthy state of delusion that everything's going to work out. Otherwise, why would we do something this difficult? Um, and it's all for the chance that, or the promise of I'm working to build this future. And I think that's where that disconnect with the 401k can come in. It's like, oh, my business is my future. I'm going to create this as a business. And you've got that rosy, but you're coming in and it's not a conversation about, oh, your business is going to fail. So you need to have a, a plan for it. It's your problem is taxes. Mm-hmm. My product can solve that problem. It's, it's, this is how I solve that problem. And then the same on the employee side, you're having problem with your retention, your employees don't have that option. They're not going to sell a business. So here's that that problem solved. Is that the dynamic you find most that's, of the time with That's us? part of it. But I think even more important than that, because especially with a very small business where you have like maybe mm-hmm. uh, the main owner and maybe one or two key employees, remember the success of that business, especially if it's very successful, it's successful because of that owner, the founder of that business. And once you take that person out, it, it might still be successful possibly, but it might not because of all the work that, that individual's done. So mm-hmm. is your business going to be as valuable to the next owner if you're not there? We know for sure that if you put money, for, money away for yourself for retirement, it's your money. You can take it with you when you when you sell the business or what have you. But is that business going to continue to be successful in the event of your death or passing or, or you leave the business in general? I mean, you never know. That's the whole deal. Um, because I think I think if you have a really dynamic owner and he does a great job of marketing his business and going out there and, and, and building it, is that next owner going to be able to do that? I don't know. Or what if that person passes unexpectedly? How is that the spouse or widow now going to be able to sell that business off at what the owner originally thought he was going to sell it for? Who's going to buy it? I mean, you know, so there's so many complexities when you start thinking about business succession planning. You know, a 401k is just one of the key, key components that no matter what happens to the business, you still have a nice little nest egg for yourself and a benefit for you and your employees. Well, that's a good segue, and let me, let's get into your segment here. So first up on the show is Gil Castillo, Jr., uh, Director of Retirement Plans with Platinum Wealth Solutions. I know we've kind of been in this conversation a little bit, but I uh, want to kind of actually officially start your segment here. Um, when it comes to 401k plans, uh, obviously Gil is an expert in that field. He's known as the 401k dude. Uh, he's been on the show before. So, Gil, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you here. Mark, Heather, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be back with you guys. We'll keep promoting the show on LinkedIn, man. I'll keep inviting you over there. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. So uh, you're a member of Advisory Group's Retirement Plan Advisory Council. What is that? So basically, um, Advisory Group is a large organization. It's thousands and thousands of advisors uh, nationwide as part of you know firms throughout the country. Um, but there's only a few uh, advisors that truly specialize in employee retirement plans. And so uh, I'm part of probably one of about 50 advisors nationwide that were selected to be part of the advisory council. And we, we meet uh, you know, throughout the year and, and discuss things that are going, to go, going on in the industry. We learn from other thought leaders. And then we kind of bring that back to you know, our home and, and then use those 
those uh, that information, and we also you know work as a, a lobby force behind you know helping um, the average worker to have access to great employer retirement plans and business owners to be able to offer these programs to their employees too. So, in your experience, what are some of the biggest challenges new four hundred one k advisors are, would face? So if somebody's going to get into your line of business, this is fascinating to me. Is like, well, first off. How did you get, just real quick, because I know you've been on the show before, but for somebody like leaning into this part of the question that I want to ask is, um, how do you get started in something like this? What motivated you to do that? So I kind of fell into it. I, I, it's not like I grew up one day and said, I'm going to grow up and be a retirement plan or a 401k advisor. I, I kind of fell into it. And and really, when I, once I got into this industry, I fell in love with the industry. I loved the, the ability of of consulting uh, with business owners in the community, uh, helping their employees have have uh, improved retirement outcomes, um, and, and at the end of the day, really helping those businesses have great benefits to their employees, saving them a bunch of money, taking something that's kind of mundane for them off their plate, let them handle what they do best, and let me handle uh, the employer retirement plan part of the business for them to make sure that their employees can have access to great benefits and, and better retirement outcomes, really. Well, if somebody's wanting to do this as a business, get involved in that same, uh, in the same line of work, how do they, where do they start? What do they do? Well, my, my advice really is to, is to uh, learn, right? Uh, do, your, do your homework. There's a, there's a lot more complexities in terms of dealing with, you know, employer plans than it is like dealing, being a regular financial advisor, as an example, because you're dealing not only with all the regular IRS laws and investment laws that people have to deal with and the licensing is, but you're also dealing with uh, ERISA, you know, uh, guidelines, Department of Labor guidelines, and specific rules that, that really impact this, you know, this industry in general. So it's a lot more complex, and the laws aren't always the same. And so uh, I advise, if you want to get into this, you know, go in, don't dabble, don't take your foot in, don't be a, what we call a two-plan Tony, um, specialize in this field and be a student of the industry, and and I think those are the people that will be successful. What about licensing and stuff like that? Is there anything they need? Uh, yeah, you. I mean, typically you're you're going to be you're going to have to have you know your your um, SEC and FINRA registrations. So at the very, you can do some things with a life insurance license. Typically, life insurance license um, you know um, agents don't have access to all the all the I would say more investment savvier or lower cost products that that a registered investment advisor would have access to and so we we have you know we're, we're completely licensed with not only our life insurance license but also all of our securities license as well and that's really what it takes to be able to evaluate all the investments in those plans now you've been doing this for a while is it something that you are looking to build a team beneath you of people that you train in the way that you do things are you just you doing it. exactly no I mean we have a small team right now but you know I in, in my big plans I would like to uh, grow this team and 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 be known as kind of like the retirement plan powerhouse here in South Central Texas uh, so that we help um, business owners with not only the employer plans but also other aspects that they have to deal with uh, for example things like other benefits that would benefit them um, you know those kinds of those kinds of you know issues so what's the culture of the team that you're building? You're a very relational person. You're a leading member in, in several boards that I just know of. I'm sure there's more that I don't know of. What's the culture of the people that you want to be in business with you? Someone who's hungry, wants to learn, is eager to learn, but also is also eager to go out there and meet people and shake hands. I think I think people in our industry, we have to be able to get along with a lot of people, and you have to be able to network. And, and it's all about helping people with things. I mean, for example, um, you know, I... I'm part of a number of networking groups. I've met both of you guys at other networking, mm -hmm. you know, groups as well. Um, you know, and I have business owners every once in a while that'll reach out to me and they'll say, "Hey, can you help me with 
this, and it may mean something that I don't do at all. So I may not do that, but you know what? Networking, I know a lot of people that do, so I would refer you know this client to, let's say, one of my associates that does, let's say, um, employee benefits for their company, that does health insurance programs for their company, or that does commercial insurance for their company, those kind of things. I don't do those things, but I know people that do. And that's really how I get a lot of my clients as well is because um, those those individuals, they might have someone that will ask them about, hey, do you do 401ks? And they're like, no, I don't do that, but I know an expert that does. And, and that I get a lot of my business really from referrals. And I think that's the big thing about networking is if you enjoy being a connector, you're going to get more out of networking than just going and shaking hands and trying to sell everybody that you get in front of. But when you first start networking and people aren't very experienced or they don't understand that bit, it feels like you're just getting sold to again and again and again. Is that something that you look for people to innately understand that connection or you're able to train that into them? What I try and do is it's really more of a training effort, you know, and, and when I'm having discussions with, you know, guys or girls that do, mm-hmm. that do um, employee benefits or insurance or what have you, um, you know, because their customers are my customers, their prospects are my prospects. And I kind of give them an idea of, the kind of client that I'm looking for and vice versa. I want to know what kind of what kind of client they're looking for so that when I come across that, you know, that individual or that situation, I know exactly, you know, I know exactly what you need. Let me refer you to so and so. That's and the fun in networking. It for really me is. is connecting people together. And wh- and really I found that my networking is much more successful when that's my posture, that's my attitude. Mm-hmm. It's like how can I help you? What mm-hmm. are you looking for? Who's a good referral partner? And boom, I just start making connections. It's a lot more fun now. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of fun getting a phone call from someone who who knows you're an active networker and, and they're like, hey, I know you you probably have a guy that does this. Who who should I call? Um, you know, it's always great and gratifying to be able to say, you know what, I got the exact person you need to mm-hmm. talk to. Here's their name and number. Let me get them in touch with you. That's always really cool to be able to do. How are you expanding your business now? I mean, it primarily through networking, <clears throat> primarily community th- outreach or both? Um, you know, I, I, I try to stay out in the community anyway, but yeah, networking, uh, most of my business comes from referrals. So some of it comes from, you know, networking, you know, that I, people that I meet. Others come from existing clients that are really happy with the service we've given them. And they'll tell friends that, you know, that they network with, oh, you're having problems with your 401k? You need to call my guy. Uh, you know, he's the 401k dude. He'll help you out. Mm-hmm. And so it comes from, it's primarily word of mouth. Yes, I'm out there on LinkedIn. I'm out there on social media. But but I think my, in terms of like actual business that comes in the door is is from somebody's mouth. It's from whether it be someone I met through networking or an existing client. So in your experience, um what are some of the biggest challenges that, uh, you know, a 401k rep is going to face? Um, I think the biggest challenge w- really would be is for, there's a lot of businesses out there that already have 401ks. The drawback is, you know, they're doing what they do best. They're running their business. It could be a plumber, electrician, or, or AC person, or a uh, manufacturing company. They're doing that job. You know, they're not experts in their 401k. They may not know that they're paying twice the amount of money they should be. They may not know what, what, good service should be for them. They should. They, they don't know what their advisor should or should be doing. So um, we run reports on a daily basis, and we find plans out there that are that are lacking. So it, employer plans, 401Ks, 403Bs, those kinds of things, they're going to get a score typically by, you know, third-party rating agencies or groups, and usually it's from 1 to 100, right, like a, like a grade. There are so many plans in this area that are below 50 and failing. And I'm sure those, employee, those employers have no idea that their plans are receiving failing scores. So it's sometimes it's, it's getting that business owner to understand, hey, I know you've got a 401k, but your, your plan needs work. Let us take a look at that plan and let us help you, right? So my biggest saying I like to say is they don't know what they don't know. 
And so sometimes it's it's being very delicate when you have that conversation to explain to them, hey, this, these are some things that are wrong with your plan. Bring us on. Let us help you fix it. At the end of the day, we're going to probably save you a ton of money, provide you better service, and then you will realize the kind of service that you should have been receiving and just weren't. And I think that's the difference in having a relationship with the people that you do business with because they come to you with a higher level of trust and they're more willing to be transparent and give you that information versus coming in cold and just door knocking and be like, let me take a look at your delicate financial information. It's going to be a hard pause, especially for something like a 401k where if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. I'm sure you run up against that a lot. You're 100% correct. And, and, and really for me, I think the, the plans that where I have the greatest amount of success, especially let's say faster success, is when someone refers you to the person who really handles that because it's it's a warm introduction. It's not, you didn't just call someone on, on the phone and say, hey, I need to talk to so-and-so because they don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. But when they, when they receive that referral from a trusted partner that they trust, it opens the door completely for you, and they're they're more than able to provide you everything you need to help them out. Yeah, San Antonio seems like it's very much that way too. Referrals work extremely well; they work well everywhere, but it seems like it's even more ingrained in our system here. Oh, I was actually I was on a call last week with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce because we're doing a program through the San Antonio Chamber, and they were asking me like, "How is San Antonio different? What have you noticed?" And that was one of the first things I told them: "It's this is a very relational city." You can't just come in and and be able to you know plug in transactionally and expect to get all the business because there are relationships here that people have formed over years and it's a three hundred year old city and it's very family and relationally oriented and they're all like oh okay that's yeah. good to know but it's the nuance of the cities that you go to it's a big small town mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's 100%. a good way to say it and with the, uh, of course with Austin growing and the whole corridor between us what do they call it. What's the what's the phrase? It's the Texas Triangle between Austin, San Antonio, and Houston. And Houston, yeah. I don't know. It sounds like a movie or something. <laughs> Texas Triangle. All right. Well, Gil, thanks for that. Uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Hey, they can reach me directly at 210-998-5008. Awesome. And then, of course, find you on LinkedIn, right? Gil, you can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yes, you can look at uh, uh, Gil, the 401k dude. Sweet. Are you at 401k dude on I Insta? Am. I love it. All right, cool. Thanks, Gil. Appreciate it. All right, next up on the show is Houston O'Connor, an expert in solar design and the director of sales with Solar Edge Pros. Houston, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, SA Current Best of winner in 2023, Express News Top Workplace 2023, 4.9 Google rating, 148 reviews. Inc. 5000 Fastest Growing in 2023, Next Door Neighborhood Fave. That's got to be a nice thing in 2023. And Solar Power World Top Contractors 2023. Sounds like you guys are doing some very forward-thinking marketing there, or at least keeping track of your stats. Absolutely, absolutely. A little mm-hmm. bit of both. Okay. Uh, we, we are definitely trying to, to get our names out there as much as possible uh, using you know the place where everybody is already, which is the Internet, right? Uh, social mm-hmm. media, everybody's active there. And so I've found, as I've kind of, built my solar business. That's where the majority of my businesses come from, either online-based, social media-based advertising, or networking, like we've talked about before. Uh, you know, b has been a big part of it, too, and just growing that way. So, yeah, we're, we're doing our, our best to get out there and let everybody know that and Solar Edge Pros there, is here. Right? It's a top-of-mind game. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a lot of competitors out there. We've got a, somebody from Solar in our BNI chapter that we run. So it's definitely, of course, Texas, there's a lot of sun, a lot of heat here. 
but it's also a, a an oil and gas state. How are you guys competing with that? You know, I, I always tell my clients that there's two reasons that you would choose to go solar. There's being green and there's saving green. And oil and gas people like to save green, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, there's also a, an aspect of that, particularly for the more conservative client, where it's that independence. You know, it's it's that freedom and that reduced reliance on the utility grid, which I think we can all say is got its own problems, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, so what do you resonate with more? Are you <coughs> going green? Or are you independence? I'm more of the independence, okay. uh, personally. Yeah, I've got solar on my house. I've had it for two years. Uh, I think this last month was the first time I've had to pay CPS since November of 2021. Mm. And it was a whopping 15 bucks. So I like that I have a fixed payment. I know what I'm what my energy expense is going to be. Uh, I don't have a battery yet, but that's going to be the next addition to to add that uh, that extra layer of protection there. It's got to be nice too to stick your finger at CPS because I mean right I don't now. know who's going to be watching this, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that one. But <laughs> <laughs> we have a very long-standing Me relationship with CPS, and and. Uh, you know, they've been good to us as a company and, and help us get our going stuff up. going. The rates are going up and up and up and up. So that's where I can see the value of, you know, not being held captive for one thing. Absolutely. But also, and that's why I'm a huge fan of the battery backup thing. I, mm-hmm. I don't really know. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but certainly I want to understand that better. So um, I guess when people are looking at getting solar, obviously they need to look at what's it going to cost? How's it financed and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So what are they looking at when... Uh, if they're going to make a decision on going for solar, what's the top, say, three things that you're going to be got to figure out? So uh, number one is the company that you choose to work with is going to be a huge, huge, huge aspect of it. Um, there's over 40 solar companies in the San Antonio market. There's everything from the little you know chuck in a truck type solar company to the big multi-state national companies. Um, you know. Finding one that, that's a good balance of those two, that, that knows the local jurisdiction, can build the system appropriately for the utility company that you're, you're working with uh, is big. Uh, different companies buy back at different rates. So like CPS gives you one-to-one credit for everything you sell back versus what you consume. But if I go just outside of town, I'm getting 30 cents on the dollar uh, for some of the, the smaller co-ops in the area. So... Having a company that understands that, that knows how to build appropriately for the utility is important. Uh, but then You lost me on that, so I, I don't quite understand it. So somebody, if, if they're mm-hmm. in San Antonio, they're going to sell mm-hmm. back to CPS. Yeah. Do they have a choice to sell back to anybody else? No. no. Okay. no. CPS is a captive, so we, we don't have the choice for, for But they're paying more, so I'm not complaining about that, right? They're paying one-to-one. Yep, absolutely. Whereas if you go outside of that, how come you're getting paid less by those places? Uh, different utilities just treat solar differently. You know, so CPS has actually been fairly solar-friendly for, for a long time now. Uh, San Antonio's the top city in Texas for solar, and we're one of the top five in the country. So we're well, actually a huge provider. I say I don't trust that at all. Why is CPS being so friendly for <laughs> solar? It's a great question. Um, you know, I, I know if you look at what their their current makeup of energy, where they're purchasing it from, we have a lot of solar that's going into the grid already. Um, I know we've also got Mission Solar, which is down on the south side of San Antonio. They are, they're actually a, a panel manufacturer. So we're manufacturing panels directly here in San Antonio. 
Don't know the exact relationship there, but there is some sort of relationship between them and CPS. Uh, is there a benefit for CPS? Can they are they saving on electricity because we've got so much solar here? There's a hook. There's a catch in there somewhere. I just want to know what it is. Uh, I'm seeing more and more where utilities are recognizing that the more homeowners or, or businesses that choose to go solar, particularly those with a battery, uh, the more they reduce the reliance on the grid. And when we're in a situation like we are right now, where there's a lot of demand on the grid, especially in the summertime. Uh, that that kind of decentralized production means they're not having to build solar farms or, or coal fire plants or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, but they're getting to use the benefit. So well, good on CPS, I guess, for having that mindset where they can understand they're not being overly greedy, mm-hmm. that they're really paying attention to the infrastructure and the citizens that are, that are part of that. Well, speaking of that, CPS used to give rebates for solar, and that's no longer the case. Is that correct? On the residential side, no. Uh, they stopped that last December. Um, but on the commercial side, for small commercials, so anything under 100 kilowatts in system size, or for nonprofits, they do still have rebates available. Uh, those rebates cap out at $80,000. So and is that going to be enough to purchase an entire system? It's not going to be a whole system. They have some limits as far as what what that that provides. Uh, but typically it ends up being about 10 to 20% of the cost of the system overall. Okay. Uh, and then by the time you factor in the additional incentives from the you know federal government level, uh, particularly on the commercial side, it becomes very, very attractive. So, so that was my next question is federal money yes. for it. Is it? Just on the commercial side now? So on the residential side, you're able to claim a tax credit of 30% of the price of the system. Mm-hmm. So if you buy a $50,000 system, you're going to get a $15,000 tax credit. Okay. Um, that's a credit against tax liability. So in order to claim it, you have to have liability. Mm-hmm. Um, same on the, on the commercial side. Uh, but on the commercial side, it's not just the base 30%. But if I use those mission solar panels that I talked about earlier, because they're American-made, it goes to 40%. Uh, additionally, there are a couple criteria um, that can boost it another up to 20%. So there are areas around San Antonio where a business owner can claim a 60% tax credit for what they pay for the system. So I know we're going to run out of time soon, but I want to get into this battery thing. So I, uh, to me, it's I wouldn't want to have a solar system without a battery backup. But you guys sell most of them without. Is that correct? Uh, recently, we've been about 50-50, uh, okay. but historically, the the battery adoption rate has been a little bit lower. A lot of that's because of the cost. Um, I always kind of describe solar only as basically you're just replacing CPS. It's going to cost about the same, acts the same way. It's still grid-tied, so if the power goes out, your solar shuts itself off. Uh, and that's a, that's a protection mechanism because the solar's feeding back to the utility company, and if the power is out and they've got a line worker down the street working on a, on a transformer, that ends up being a very bad day if your solar system still sending energy back through the lines. So mm-hmm. how does the battery backup <coughs> work when the power, when the grid goes down? So the battery is actually two components. So there's the battery itself, and then there's a smart switch. And that smart switch is what detects the outage from the grid and cuts your home off the grid. Okay. So that's kind of the mechanism around. So you can how then you can operate off the battery without mm-hmm. endangering anybody else outside. Of it. Correct. Okay. How long so, does it last? Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's a lot of variables there. Um, a the 
the biggest thing is going to be how much are you going to conserve? Yeah. Uh, a typical battery. So we sell two batteries. We, one is a 10 kilowatt battery. The other is a 15 kilowatt battery. Uh, the 15 kilowatt battery, if you're not going crazy, you know, so you're if, running if your you're, fridge and your AC, the most important thing. The AC is the biggest one. Yeah, I was going to because say. Because the AC, if you r- try and run the AC with a single 10 kilowatt or, fi- well, a 10 kilowatt won't even run the AC. Mm. Uh, doesn't, it doesn't put out enough power. Uh, but the 15 kilowatt has the capability of doing it. It just won't do it for very long. Mm. You know, if your AC is running, you're probably going to get an hour or two out of it. It's not going to be much. Right. Um, but so run your fans, right? Fans, window uh, AC units, refrigerator fans, maybe a small plug-in space heater, or um, you know, a smaller unit of some sort, like a, a window unit, something along mm-hmm. those lines. Uh, I always kind of tell people, you know, if the power's out, you're gonna know it. Be smart about it, right? So, so how many batteries should a, a home have? Really depends on the home. Um, we have some calculators that we can use that that can determine if you want to run the home just like it's a normal day when the power grid is down, you need X number of batteries based off of your consumption. Uh, it's going to be different for a 1,500 square foot brand new build house versus a you know 6,000 foot mansion, right? Uh, those are going to be very, very different systems and priced obviously accordingly. So this might be a little out of the box, but and so if you don't know, it's obviously fine. You're in the business of solar. Mm-hmm. The batteries seem like a great option for s- like a snowmageddon situation. Absolutely. And I think everyone's been paying attention to the grid and we've noticed that there's really not as much money and maintenance going into it as we would all really like. And all these notifications from CPS tell us that it's probably not happening. Do you see the frequency of those brownouts and the blackouts becoming more frequent in the future? Do you guys track that? Is there any way to know that that's coming? I mean, I, I think just if you look at the number of CPS warnings or, or you know, messages that we've seen just this summer, I think the reality is, especially because we've got such an influx of people in the Texas, mm. we just can't keep up. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of look at it and tie him back into to Gil here. Solar on your home is kind of like your energy 401k, right? Uh, you're you're protecting and you're giving yourself a backup scenario. Um, and that's really what it comes down to for me is that it's taking ownership and getting rid of the rental rental payment, which is basically I like that analogy, is. by the way. So it's like renting versus buying when you get solar. As far as energy goes, if you have solar, then you're really you're buying. You're not <clears> renting as much. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, you've got a tangible asset that's on the roof. Uh, it does add value to the home if you sell the home. Uh, the key to that is getting an appraiser that knows how to value it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it adds value, and you know you're basically putting equity into your house every time you make your your energy payment. Uh, and the good news is that at some point in the future, that loan's going to be paid off, and solar's still going to be functioning. And so do the we got to last that long. Uh, most of the equipment, no, actually all the equipment that we use right now has a 25-year warranty from the manufacturer. Uh, we provide a 30-year workmanship warranty, so most of our loans are somewhere between 15 and 25 years. So at a minimum, you're going to have you know, 10, 15 years worth of solid production post payments. And real quick, just as we wrap up, what about maintenance? What kind of 
you know, as a homeowner, am I, is this something I got to have checked every year, every five years? What, what do I have to check on it? Not really. Uh, we get enough heavy rainstorms that in, in San Antonio that, that a good heavy rain, it's going to do enough to clean the panels to where it's not going to, you know, the dust buildup won't affect production at all. Um, every three or four years, you might want to get a, a power washing company to come out and, and just give them a good spray down. But, but for the most part, the rain does the job. Uh, as far as the other equipment, there's really no moving components, so there's nothing to, to maintain. Uh, our systems all provide active monitoring, so you'll be able to see on a daily, hourly, uh, even every 15-minute basis just how much your solar system is producing and, and identify any potential issues that, that could come up from there. What about the batteries as far as maintenance, or how long do they last? So the batteries typically come with a 10- to 12-year warranty. Um guaranteeing about 80% charge capacity at that 10, 10 year mark. So will they be hundred percent efficient after 10, 15 years? No, but the reality is they're still most likely going to work. Cool. All right. Uh, Houston, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, you can call our office. It's 210-401-9030 or my direct cell phone, 210-831-7691. Also visit our website at solaredgepro.com or check us out on social media. All over the place. Thanks, Houston. Appreciate it. All right, as we wrap up the show, if you're familiar, check out our latest podcast. We have videos over the show in time by visiting our website at sstalkradio.com. Great job, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks so much.